On March 21, 2001, around 10 p.m., Carlos Terra received a phone call from his son, informing him that he had some assignments to do that night at the religious institution he regularly attended. What Carlos could not have imagined was that that would be the last time he would hear his son's voice. Today's case will talk about the murder of a 14-years-old Brazilian boy, which happened in 2001 and due to the influence and financial power that the suspects had, the trial took more than 20 years to take place. Only in 2023 the family could feel a sense of justice. This is the story of Lucas Terra. Lucas Vargas Terra was born on October 20, 1986 in Salvador, Bahia, Brazil. His parents were José Carlos Terra and Marion Terra. Lucas was the youngest of three brothers. Since he was little, he was always polite, communicative and kind. He was interested in religious practice. The family lived in Rio de Janeiro and had plans to leave Brazil. The move was being made in stages. Marion and the other children were already in Parma, Italy, while José Carlos and Lucas were still in Rio de Janeiro. On January 5th, 2001, when Lucas was 14 years old, his father and he arrived in Salvador where they intended to stay for three months to say goodbye to their family and friends before the final move to Europe. Their accommodation was at Carlos's brother's house. As Lucas was religious, he sought out an evangelical church to attend. The church he chose was the Universal Church of the Kingdom of God, just 100 metres from his accommodation. Many say that Lucas was a very participative member within the church, and this caught the attention of Pastor Silvio Roberto Santos Galiza, who was 21 years old at the time. The pastor quickly appointed him as his informal assistant, and over time, intentionally or not, he developed a domineering attitude towards the boy. According to witnesses, he appeared uncomfortable when Lucas was close to the girls. What no one knew was that Pastor Silvio had already been transferred from other churches due to inappropriate behaviour. Among the faithful of the old temples and residents of the neighbourhood, his behaviour had earned him the nickname The Devil's Secretary. In February, Lucas fell in love with a girl from the church. We will only identify her as AP. She was 16 years old at the time they started dating. However, for the pastor, this was something he could not accept and he forbade him to continue with the relationship. Witnesses noted that the pastor often interrupted the boy's conversations with his girlfriend and that he did not like to leave the boy alone with anyone. At the end of February, the pastor invited several teenage members of the church to sleep over, but he only invited Lucas to sleep in the room with him. This conduct was discovered by members of the church, and they immediately transferred him. But this did not prevent him from visiting the temple and attending services where Lucas was present. On the night of March 21st, 2001, after service, the pastor saw Lucas talking to his girlfriend and their friends. He quickly interrupted him and asked him to talk. 
Lucas was always devoted to the word of God and religious principles, always believing in good faith and good customs. Somehow, the pastor convinced Lucas to go with him by bus to the Rio Vermelo neighborhood. One of his friends saw them leaving in the opposite direction and she went to him asking where he was going. Lucas didn't explain, and Pastor Silvio moved closer and said, Come on, Lucas, we're going to be late. Once there, Pastor Silvio went to a convenience store at a gas station to buy some things, and Lucas waited outside. Lucas decided to call his father to tell him where he was, and that he wouldn't be returning home that night. He said he was at the Rio Vermelho church with Pastor Silvio. They were going to do a prayer project, and he thought that as it was going to be too late to go home, he would sleep there. During the following day, the 22nd, Lucas's father, discovering that his son had not returned home, went to the church to find out what had happened. When he got there, he met Pastor Silvio. He explained that Lucas had told him he was going to Pituba Church and that he had taken him to the bus stop some time ago. Carlos went to the Pituba Church, but was informed that Lucas had not arrived. Immediately, Jose Carlos went to the police to report the disappearance. At the police station, he was informed that he needed to wait at least 24 hours for it to be registered as a disappearance. Not satisfied, he printed posters that same day and spread them around the city. He walked the streets with a photo of the boy asking people in the region if they had seen him. He went to the hospitals, but no entry with the name Lucas Terra had been given anywhere. The following day, the 23rd, Carlos returned to the church to see if he could find more information about his son perhaps any clues that would help him find out where he really went. But this time, Pastor Silvio said something different. He had left Lucas at the Rio Vermelho Fruit and Vegetable Fair. From there, he said Lucas was going to go home. Carlos passed this conflicting information on to the police and the pastor was called in to testify. At the police station, he explained that the last time he saw the boy was when he left him at the bus stop to travel to another church before going home. There was a clear contradiction in the information. Marion, Lucas's mother, was in Italy and knew nothing. In a call to Brazil, she asked about her son, but Carlos didn't want to worry her and gave her some plausible explanation as to why the boy wasn't around. The pain in Carlos's chest was enormous, but with his wife practically on the other side of the world, he didn't want to make her despair. At the same time, he could barely sleep to gather the strength to find his son. There was no news of the boy until the afternoon of March 23rd, 2001. One of the church members called Jose Carlos, informing him that a burned body had been found in a crate in a vacant lot on Avenida Vasco da Gama in Salvador. The suspicion was that this body was his son's, and while the police were already at the scene, his presence would be important to identify the victim. Jose Carlos went to the place, but every time he got closer, his fear increased and he didn't have the courage to look.
Then a church member looked at the body for the first time and said that it was not him. Carlos could no longer bear the anguish and despair and finally informed his wife that Lucas was missing. She immediately took the first flight back to Brazil to help with the search. Meanwhile, even though the body was not thought to be Lucas, the police took it for examination at the Legal Medical Institute. They found pieces of cloth in the victim's mouth, which clearly indicated that he had been gagged. Finally, confirmation came days later that this body was indeed Lucas Terras. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você, venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. The Bahia Scientific Police and the Investigation Department gathered their information to put together a theory as to what had happened to the boy. Lucas Terra was beaten, gagged, then placed inside a crate, taken to the vacant lot inside a combi, which, according to witnesses, was being escorted by a motorcycle with two people. Upon arriving at the location, the three set fire to the box and fled. The autopsy confirmed that Lucas was still alive when his body was burned. There are many suspicions that he was sexually assaulted, but as the body was heavily charred, it was not possible to accurately conclude the results. During their investigations, they realized that the cloth used to tie Lucas, the same one that was placed in his mouth so he wouldn't scream, was similar to the curtains in the temple of the Rio Vermelho church. Carlos began a tireless fight, demanding action from the police authorities and also seeking out the institution's religious authorities for clarification. On several occasions, while looking for answers, he was humiliated. In October 2001, the investigation was concluded and Pastor Silvio Galiza was accused of the murder of Lucas Terra, but the police did not issue an arrest warrant for him. A hearing was scheduled. At the beginning of June 2004, three years after the crime, Pastor Silvio went on trial. He showed no fear, no remorse, nothing. He was limited in his words, and the few times he was heard he just said, I didn't kill Lucas Terra. If you think I killed, prove it. On June 9th, he was sentenced to 23 years and five months in prison. The defence appealed and Pastor won the right to a new hearing, which was scheduled for November 2005. Due to the fact that he was a first-time offender and had a steady job, this time his sentence was reduced to 19 years and six months. Even without having a higher education diploma, which in Brazil gives prisoners the right to a special cell, the accused received this benefit with a television and good quality food which was brought in from outside the prison. According to witnesses, he refused to eat the food provided in jail, saying that someone was trying to poison him. In January 2006, 
Silvio brought new information to the case, claiming that at the time of the trial, he could not tell everything he knew because he was being threatened with death. He accused three other church members, a bishop, a pastor and a security guard, as the only ones responsible for the crime. According to Silvio, Lucas entered a room called Pastoral Office and allegedly caught Bishop Fernando Aparecido da Silva and Pastor Joel Miranda having sexual intercourse. To prevent Lucas from telling anyone what he saw, they decided to kill him. A security guard helped transport the boy. Silvio said that he had seen Lucas's body inside the pastor's car and that he received a strong punch in the chest and was threatened with death, both him and his family, if he did not remain silent. In August 2007, Pastor Silvio had his sentence reduced again, now to 15 years, due to the use of the prison sentence reduction benefit through work execution. Currently in Brazil, criminals are entitled to the benefit of a reduced sentence for their conduct while in prison, such as good behaviour, reading classic books, studying, working and donating organs, for example. In 2008, Bishop Fernando was arrested, remaining in prison for just a few months before receiving the right to respond to the trial in freedom. Pastor Joel remained missing throughout the investigative process and nothing that could lead to his arrest was found. In 2012, Pastor Silvio received the right to a semi-open regime, with the right to leave prison from Monday to Friday during daylight hours. In November 2013, Fernando and Joel were acquitted, on the grounds that there was not enough evidence for conviction. During 2014, Carlos Terra continued his investigation privately. He never thought about giving up. He even left Salvador and went to Rio de Janeiro several times during that year. He didn't say anything to anyone because by keeping silent, he didn't hear negative words that could hinder his motivation. In December 2017, Carlos Terra was visiting his son's grave and made a recording expressing some of his feelings and directing a message to the founder of the Universal Church, Bishop Edir Macedo. In the video he said, I am here in the cemetery where the remains of my son Lucas Terra are. My son was murdered, tied, gagged, beaten, raped, and according to the technical and scientific police report here in Bahia de Salvador, he was burned while still alive. And on that day I want to ask Macedo a question. Why haven't you expelled these murderers from Universal to this day? You support them. They continue in the church according to their own statements, praying for the people and doing radio and television programs. And Universal hires dozens of lawyers. The last team that was here in Salvador was made up of 12 lawyers. Why didn't you expel these bishops? I don't want revenge. I just want justice. Bishop Edir Macedo never publicly commented on the video. Arriving in November 2018, the Supreme Federal Court of Brazil annulled the process. The allegation, once again, was a lack of evidence 
and this decision further shook the Terra family, especially Carlos, who had been struggling with depression and serious health problems for some time. Carlos, feeling in his heart that his life was coming to an end, asked Marion, his wife, to forget the whole matter and try to go on with her life in peace so that she wouldn't spend the rest of her life in bitterness. On February 21st, 2019, he passed away after suffering a cardiorespiratory arrest. Marion, in turn, understood her husband's request, but knew that the cause was much bigger and so she decided to continue with this fight. In September 2020, the Supreme Federal Court of Brazil decided that Joel Miranda and Fernando Aparecido da Silva would face a popular jury, but the date for the new trial has not yet been set. On September 22, 2021, Marion discovered that when the case was forwarded to the second court of the second jury court in Bahia, on November 12, 2020, 13 pages were missing, remaining that way for more than four months. Only on March 25, 2021, were the remainder forwarded. In an interview, she said that her biggest concern is whether what has resurfaced are in fact the same statements or whether something has been changed. In an interview with Rede Globo in Bahia, Prosecutor Davi Gallo said that the case has been ready for five years and that at least four judges declared the evidence against the accused to be sufficient to take them to a popular jury. He also said that he does not understand why this has not happened yet, given that when the crime is committed by someone from a lower economic class, the process takes two to three years. For more than 20 years, the accused remained free. Pastor Silvio, who took a law course while he was on parole, was free to carry out his duties as pastor in Salvador at Universal in Peri Peri. Pastor Joel Mirada carries out his religious duties at the Lago de Carioca Church in Rio de Janeiro. Bishop Fernando Aparecido da Silva, today known simply as Fernando Silva, continues to perform his duties in the church as if nothing had happened. Well, the trial took a while to happen, but it happened. In April 2023, 22 years after the crime, the trial took place. Pastors Joel Miranda and Fernando Aparecido da Silva were tried for the crimes of triple homicide and the concealment of a corpse. Both were sentenced to 21 years in prison without parole. This is a clear example of how Brazilian justice is slow and full of loopholes. The hearings for the crime that took place in 2001 were delayed for 22 years. Practically every two years a new update was made, but they did not change anything in any way. The accused have the right to defend themselves, to prove their innocence, but why did it take more than two decades to happen? Influence? Money? Leave your comments below and I will see you on the next case. Hey, você se interessa por crimes reais, serial killers, coisas macabras e tem um senso de humor um tanto quanto sórdido? Se sim, você não está sozinho. Se você precisa de um lugar recheado de pessoas como você... 
Venha conhecer o podcast Pátria Amada Criminal. Todas as semanas tentamos entender o pior da humanidade. Nesse processo a gente ri, chora, fica brava, fofoca, porque afinal de contas é assim que a gente fala quando está entre amigos. Suas novas melhores amigas trevosas estão aqui no Pátria Amada Criminal. 